Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. Sometimes it can be easy to tell what's most important in someone's life, isn't it? Like from the outside looking in, you might see that if it's a person, then they'll spend as much time as they can with them. Maybe because they love them and they just desire to be near them. Or maybe it's a hobby or a career and ambition, then you see them spend as much time as they can in that field, honing their skills, gaining as much knowledge as they can so they can better understand it and thrive in it one day. If we find great value in something or someone, then we tend to invest ourselves into it. And that makes sense because normally you prioritize what you value, what's important to you. I want you to take a few seconds. I'm going to give you a few seconds of the room. And I want you to think about what you prioritize most in this world. What is most important to you? Just take a few seconds and think about it. Let's see what comes of mind. If a few things are coming to mind right now, I want, and you're just like struggling to like, what's the priority? Like there's a lot of important things in my life, but what is priority number one? If you can't dwindle that down, let me give you a few more questions to hopefully help narrow that list down. The first one is, what do you put most of your time and your money, your energy into? What do you put most of your time, your money, and your energy into? Then the next one is, how would you react if it was gone? If it was taken away from you? If you couldn't have any more, how would you respond to that? Hopefully that helps narrow it down so you can picture what your number one top priority is. Does everyone have something in mind? Can you give me a thumbs up if you do? Throw them out in the crowd. I can kind of see you. Okay, I got a handful. Good. With that in mind, whatever came to mind for priority number one, with that in mind, what if I told you that the number one person or thing that you're prioritizing in this world might not be a bad thing, but that it was in the wrong spot? That there was a better way to prioritize your life that by design would make it better. I realize that a statement like that can be triggering or challenging to many people in the room or watching online. I get it. You might be thinking to yourself, like, who are you, TJ, to tell me who or what I should love most in this world, how I should prioritize my life? You don't know me. I get it, though. I've been there before. I completely understand because I've experienced anger and frustration when someone told me something very similar to what I have told you. Before I became a follower of Jesus, I started attending church not to know more about Christianity, not to know more about Jesus, but for one specific reason. Can you guess what it is? Shout it out if you know. There's a good couple, I was, there's a good couple in there. It was for a girl. <laughs> That's how Jesus got me. He got me that way. I started attending church for a girl. So let me just say if, that if you're in here, if you're in this room, 
because you want to know more about Jesus, what he stood for, what he taught, who he was, let me tell you that you're a leg up from where I started and that I believe you're that much closer to God changing your life as he has mine. So let's just start there. Now, when I was in high school, I started attending my very first small group ever. I didn't come to faith until later, going into my senior year. God was working on my heart junior year. But when I started going to my very first small group in high school, I started also pursuing this woman. She's the whole reason I was there. And spoiler alert, she did become my wife. Hey-o, go to church. <laughs> but I remember attending this first student small group and Man, honestly, I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> we were studying something about Christianity. I'm sure it was a good book. But what I remember most is the experience. I remember walking into this fairly nice home of this very kind family. Their kids weren't even there. They were already graduated and out of the house. They just wanted to open their home to the students of our church. As a youth pastor, I'm like, come on, somebody. That is amazing. We need people like that. But they are wonderful people. And as I walked into their house, I find my way to the living room where there's a couple of other high school guys, and we're all sitting around on the couches eating Doritos, because that's what we do. And with us was two adult male leaders who I am still thankful for to this day. But I'll never forget that day because of something that they told me that I wholeheartedly in the moment disagreed with and became inwardly frustrated with what they were telling me. They said that, if we wanted a deeper relationship with Jesus, as if that was something that we could experience, then we needed to prioritize him. If we wanted to see the transformation that was possible with a life of Jesus, then we would need to make him number one in our lives. That meant that he needed to be above our friends, above our family, above our grades, who we were, the clothes we wore that identified the kind of person we were. He needed to be above it all, including our girlfriends. <laughs> that I needed to prioritize, if we were dating, which I was at the time, this is where I got frustrated. If we were going to really see that transformation in our life, we were going to have to prioritize Jesus over our girlfriends. That wasn't even the worst part. That was where it started. Ultimately, what they were saying was that, yes, I would have to love Jesus more than the woman I was falling in love with, but that she should have to love Jesus more than me. That's where I really got hung up. So you're telling me that I have to come second place to this other guy named Jesus. Now, I didn't come to church for the right reasons. I certainly didn't come for church, to church for Christianity or to know more about Jesus, but I can tell you at this point in my life, I now had an issue with him <laughs> because he was supposed to be number one and the person I cared most about. I'm telling you, I get how it feels when someone tries to tell you how you should love or who you should love most in this world, how you should prioritize your life. I'm telling you, I get the feelings that that might feel when you hear that to yourself. But I also know how transforming it can be when you begin to live life in such a way where you put Jesus as the priority number one in your life every day. And that's my hope for us this morning, that you would begin to experience God's transformation power, transforming power in your life when you begin to make Jesus first. 
This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's a devoted follower of him, someone who reorients their life to follow in his ways, to be transformed by him. Our first verse today is going to be a challenging one, but it speaks to this very point. And as I read today's passages, I'm going to ask that you read out loud with me the words you see that are bold and underlined. Can you do that with me? Awesome. If you've been here before, you're probably used to this when I've done it. But in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning in verse 26, we see Jesus speaking to a crowd of people who are following him. And he says to them, if anyone, oh, that was, that was terrible. Come on, guys, you got to come away. If anyone, that's what I'm talking about. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What? Jesus said you must hate your family and even yourself or you cannot be his disciple. I want you to think about who he's talking to in this particular context. In this society, family would have meant everything to these people. Everything they did from their work to the land they purchased, which would one day become an inheritance to their children, their status and position all of this was in order to better, uh, uh, better their lives for their family and for themselves. For some of you, you might relate with this. You want to put your family first, and these other things help you to do that. However, depending on your experience, family might not be your top priority. Maybe because of your negative experiences with family, maybe work is your top priority or your position, your success, your possessions, or even yourself. Because you've learned over time that no one has your back, not in the same way that you do. But regardless of what's most important to you, Jesus is saying that if you value other things or people above him, he will not be able to be his disciple. Not because he won't let you, but because you will find reasons not to follow. When we make Jesus first, we're able to follow him no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're going through or no matter what he asks of us. And we'll also be able to receive the blessings that come from a life lived following Jesus. To be his disciple, to experience all that he has to offer you, requires that you need to offer all that you have to him. Or as David Garland puts it in his commentary on this passage, he says, Jesus' disciples are those who change every priority in their lives and conform to his way of the cross. This is what it means to make Jesus first. And though it may sound like it equals loss, to lose yourself, it actually means to gain. It won't be on the screen, but in Luke 18, 28, it says, Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he, and he Jesus, said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house 
or wife or brothers or sisters or, or parents or children. Does the list sound familiar? For the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Then in John 10.10, this will be on your screen, Jesus says, the thief, that's Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I want that. I don't know about y'all, but I want that. I want a full and abundant life that Jesus promises to those who follow him, to those who know him. And it's not just a future thing that we have to hold off for. There are things like we won't experience good bodies. These are breaking and deteriorating. We won't experience some things until the next life. But right now, we can start experiencing the full and abundant life that he promises. If you desire that as well, then you must do what he told the crowds who followed him. Make Jesus first. When we make other things first, what tends to happen is we begin to make excuses for why we can't follow Jesus. Jesus, right now is really not a good time. I just bought this house. I took up this big loan. Jesus, I, I can't do that right now. I just had a kid. I just started this new job. I just started this new relationship. Jesus, I really can't do what you're asking me to do right now. I'm... I'm really trying to work on myself right now. The issue is not him or that he's asking too much of us. The issue is us. He knows that if we do not prioritize him first in our lives, then we will become distracted by other things in this world and chase after them. Things that we find more important at the time. As the great race car driver and philosopher Ricky Bobby once said, if you're not first, you're last. See, I didn't have to put that on the screen. You just knew. If you're not first, you're last. This tends to be true in our relationship with Jesus. If we don't put him first, we'll often bump him down to the end of our to-do list to when we feel we have the capacity to give him time or do the things that he asks us to do. Why do we do this? What causes us to feel anxiety or resistant to it when we hear, make Jesus first in our lives? I don't believe it's because you hate him. I don't believe that. Now, if you're used to being on top of somebody else's priority list and now they're wanting to make Jesus first, you might have an issue with him. <laughs> I've been there before. But so have the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day. I believe you want to make Jesus first every day of your life. The issue tends to be trust. We struggle to trust him, to believe that he will provide for us the things that we need or hope for, to believe that he has our backs. Now, I'm not talking about passive provisions here, that if we just set this thing up, 
if we just sit here and believe that God will take care of us, God will provide for us, I don't have to do anything else, he'll just do it as long as I believe. That's passive provisions. That's more like passive income or something. We, that's a different message, different day. We're not talking about that. It requires action, yes. But do you trust him? You and I, we live in a broken world with broken people and broken systems. And because of that, and maybe even your own experiences, whether it be with your family, your friends, the school systems, the government, your work, whatever it is, maybe you've learned over time that it's up to you. That it's all up to you to make it all happen. To get the things that you want or desire or believe is best for you. And so you bring that into your relationship with God the Father. We struggle to trust that God knows what we need and that he will provide for us where maybe others have failed us. But he does know what you need. And he will provide. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 26, it says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And then in Luke 12, 7, he says, Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are more of more value than many sparrows. Earlier, I mentioned how we prioritize what we value. And that's not a bad thing. That's by God's design. God does this too. He created us, and he has placed value on our lives. He has placed value on each of you. Your life matters to him. Your relationship with him matters to him. So much so that his one and only son, Jesus, died a humiliating and excruciating death on a cross. Why? So that you and I could experience new life. That we could step into a relationship mankind once had with him before the fall. To have a relationship with a God who loves us and provides for us. So the issue is not Jesus or that he's asking too much. We just tend to put the most significant value on things or people who aren't meant to reside in that number one spot. When things like our mother or father, our brothers or sister, our spouse, our children, our jobs and finances or our possessions, our hobbies or friends, our influence or status, or yes, even our own selves. When these things get priority over Jesus, it will naturally create worry and anxiety in us. It's not that any of these things are bad things or not valuable things. It's just that they're not meant or designed to be in that spot. Priority number one in our lives. A husband, a wife, a job, children, money, friends. Don't hear me wrong. These are all good things. The issue is when we make them the ultimate things in our lives. 
This is why our world and even our own lives can get so messed up sometimes. Because our priorities have gotten disordered. We can easily remove God from the top spot in our hearts. And then we chase after other things in this world. And then we worry about our future. But Jesus tells us that we don't have to live like that. Becoming a disciple of Jesus is following him into a better way to a better life. And we all want that. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 32 through 34, for the Gentiles, this is of the non-Jews at the time, for the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you all need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I love that. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus says he knows what you need. You don't have to chase it. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness in your life. Daily, make Jesus first. And there are a couple of ways that I, wa I want to give you this morning that I believe that you can do to impact your own life. And I want to reemphasize that I believe you can do these things. God designed it in a way where he's meant to take number one priority in your life. It might take some shifting around, but these are some steps that you can do. And the first one is this. Pray and read first. Make Jesus first with your time. Most people, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they do is what? They check their phones. And when that happens, it could be for a couple of different reasons. Maybe it's to check the weather. I was really excited about seeing a cold this morning, not so excited about 93 this afternoon. I get it. We check the weather. We check the news. We want to know what's going on in our world. Or you check social media because you want to know what's going on. You don't want to miss what's happening in our friends' lives. For me, I have a tendency to want to reconcile my account with my budget first thing in the morning. I don't know why I do that. I like numbers, I guess. It's structure. It helps me. It soothes me. But whatever your reason for grabbing that phone maybe in the morning, I want you to pause. What would it look like in your life if the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is to begin with talking with Jesus? It doesn't have to be uber spiritual. It can look like waking up and saying good morning to him as if you're talking to a friend. That's all prayer is. Just talk to him. Thank him for this day. Reminding yourself that this day is his first. And to do that daily. Another great way to kick off your day would be to begin with some time in God's word. Imagine what your day would look like, how you respond to situations throughout it when you've already spent time in God's word, aligning your heart with his. How would you respond to the day? Another way that I'll mention that you can invest time into your relationship with Jesus is to find opportunities to grow in your faith. Our church provides several opportunities throughout the year, some of which are coming up. You've heard about formation groups and small groups. There are classes that are called growth groups. There's retreats, the women's retreat, right around the corner. Find opportunities to grow. 
And on that note, I want to talk to husbands and wives in the room for just a minute. If there are opportunities for your spouse to grow, encourage them to do that. If they're interested in or gifted for a small group, a class, or a retreat, try and find a way to make that happen. I understand that some seasons are super busy and can make things difficult. And I understand that we can't make all things happen all the time. But be a husband or a wife that encourages their spouse to go and grow with Jesus, to prioritize him above yourself. Too many times in ministry have I seen or heard a husband or a wife say that they can't attend a group or a retreat because their spouse wants them to stay home. Or I've heard it where they feel that they can't leave their kids for that long. And if you're the spouse on the other end of that, if you got to do what you got, do what you got to do. If you got to get on YouTube and find how to make something other than Easy Mac, make it happen. Just do something. Find a way to allow your spouse to grow closer to Jesus with others. I truly believe that the best gift a spouse can give to their husband or wife is to become the person, the man or woman that God is creating them to be. The way that you do that is to prioritize him first and pursue him in every aspect of your life. The second thing I want to give all of you is give to him first. This is a very practical way that you can make Jesus first with your possessions. We read about tithes and offerings throughout the Bible, and it makes it very clear that God doesn't need our offerings. He never did. He made it all. It was never for him. It was, excuse me, for us. It's always been an act of faith where we could tangibly remind ourselves that God comes first. When we prioritize Jesus first, we stop looking at our finances as something of like, this is mine, I earned this, I deserve this. We start to see it as, it's not my job or career that provides for me. It's ultimately God who loves me. And me giving to him is just giving back what was always his to begin with. So when it's time to sit down with the budget and pay the bills, don't bump him down until the very end when there's maybe nothing even left to give him. If you say that you trust him, trust him in every aspect of your life, including your possessions. Trust that he will provide everything that you need. And lastly, love him first. Love him first. Make Jesus first with your heart. I told you how my faith journey started out when I prioritized the woman I loved over Jesus. It took me many years to figure out what my small group leaders told me so long ago and how truthful that was. And today I can confidently say that Allison is not the most important relationship in my life. That spot, that's preserved for Jesus, truly. And for Allison, I am not the number one priority in her life, nor do I want to be anymore. That's too much pressure. That spot is reserved for Jesus. That relationship should be more important to her than me. And it took me many years to learn that, including into the first years of our marriage. I've seen how that correct order has benefited our marriage and relationships even outside of that. 
This doesn't just have to apply to marriages. I don't want to just super focus on that. Loving him first in every relationship is only going to make you a better person in each of those relationships. Whether it be your friends, your family, your coworkers, or even your children, the best version of you will be one who is in pursuit of Jesus, becoming who God created them to be. A little over a month ago, I, I wanted to do an experiment with my wife. So I created a graphic that says, make Jesus first. It might come on the screen. And I asked her, I said, hey, can you put this on your backdrop for your phone? And then actually, can you even put this as like my contact image? So when I text or call, that pops up, not my face. And then I did the same exact thing. And over a month went by and it really had a positive impact for us. It was a tangible reminder to even as she's calling, I'm not going to answer the phone just yet. I'm going to talk to Jesus first. Again, it doesn't have to be uber spiritual. I might be, Lord, thank you for my wife. I don't know why she's calling me. Maybe she's had a difficult time. Help me have words. That'll be good for her. Hey, babe, what's up? It was a tangible way when she texted me or I went to text her. I needed to know something. Hey, she's not, she's not top priority. Jesus, I don't know if she can fix this issue or help me, but I know that you can. Help me. Hey, babe, I need you to pick up bananas. I don't know. <laughs> what does it look like to tangibly put Jesus first? Maybe it looks like downloading this. You can scan that QR code. We're going to leave it up for a minute, and you can download this to your phone. Put it as the screensaver or the contact image for your wife, your husband, maybe your children, or your best friend. Whoever lives at the top of your messaging board, just put it as their contact information. Try it. Do it for a month. And see if that doesn't remind you to, no matter what relationship it is, to put Jesus first. It truly worked really well for me. I pray that it works well for you. I love seeing transformation in new followers of Jesus. And for those who are just diving in maybe for the very first time, I've seen that take place in this church I can think of two women in our church, one who's a new believer and one who's grown up in the church, but maybe recently really went all in during the last two years. And the life transformation that I have seen and the, how on fire they are in their faith, even just from the outside looking in, is so encouraging. I can think of a man in this church who I've really respected and enjoy getting to know. And watching him begin to prioritize Jesus first is also so encouraging. None of them are perfect in every way. Nobody will be, not myself, not until Jesus comes back. But to see the transformation that comes in their lives when they begin prioritizing him first is incredible. Living a life devoted to Jesus does not mean that we don't care about other things in our life. The other things are also important. It simply means that when we prioritize him first, then everything else should flow out of that relationship. How you love your spouse, how you love your kids, how you care for your parents or your friends or your coworkers, how you show up at work, how you serve. All of these things and more. Jesus tells us we will be blessed when we get our priorities in the right order starting with Jesus at the top of our lives every single day. Let's make Jesus first. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for every person that's here in this room. 
And God, though sometimes it can be difficult when we've been trained by the world we live in and by our experiences to put other things above you. Forgive us when we struggle to trust you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in every person today and throughout this week with little tangible reminders to put your son first. Because when we do, it changes our lives. God, I thank you for Jesus who loved us so much that he died on a cross for us so we could have this connection once again. That we don't have to go back to our old lives and the bad habits or the clouded judgment. God, you promised us a new life through Jesus. And I believe that everyone can experience that. God, help us to see that this week. Strengthen us and encourage us throughout it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.